Well, good morning. Welcome to Welcome to Bangalore Baptist Church. This is David Lord of Faith. We should rejoice and be glad in it. You know what I'm glad for this morning? The ice is going away. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. That got a little cold on me, and I just don't like the cold. That's why I live in Texas. So I'm reaching out to try to find out who blocked that cold up here. That person's in trouble. Might have to tell some of the teachers and principals we have around here, but that's twisted in the kitchen. Amen. You keep that stuff where it belongs. They don't belong in Texas. So when we woke up this morning, woke up this morning, and the sun was coming down and the ice was melting, we had to praise God. So thank the Lord for that. Well, it is good to see each and every one of you. If you're visiting here with us this morning, we want to welcome you. I'm going to ask you to fill your little visitor card you'll find in front of you. So without putting off your plate, we'll come around uh, so we can have a record of visit. We would greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we also want to welcome you and say uh, special blessings for you. Ask God to uh, speak to your heart and ask you to consider being with us here in sanctuary and see what Father God is doing. We still have several church members that are out. Some are still traveling to see some prayer for them to see what they are just a little bit in attendance this morning. Please continue to be in prayer for them. Uh, so, hoping and praying that one of you have a good time uh, as we cancel services Wednesday night. We're praying to use that time to be with your family and stay safe from the ice that came in that evening. So, but you know what's funny? Just between us, we cancel service because it felt like ice was going to come in about 6 or 7. It come in until about 11 or 12. But uh, if we had one head and had service, you know what would have happened? It would have came in at 6.30. It just feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? So, uh, but I miss each and every one of you, and I'm so glad to see you this morning. So with that being said, I'd love to share with you what's going on at Welcome Baptist Church. Number one, our youth group is getting ready to leave. They're leaving out Friday, February 11th. They'll be gone from Sunday morning the 13th to the winter. That'll be at Lake Glen in Glenville, Texas. Please be in prayer for them as they get ready for that. It'll be a, a wonderful time for the future. I think six are going as of this moment. Maybe one more to escape, but please be in prayer for them. And that also to remind you today that we are having services at 6 o'clock uh, p.m. We'll remind you of those who are on my ministry team to meet next week at 4. So be in prayer about that if you have uh, any thoughts or ideas and upcoming ministries, please get them ready to prepare for us for next week. Please also consider our upcoming vacation Bible school and things like that as well. So please be in prayer about that. All right. Uh, I've been told that uh, this evening's Kapata practice this evening at 430 will be canceled. You know Robert is out. He's not feeling well today. Brother Mark is stepping in. Also, Brother Glenn is out. He's not feeling well. Kapata has stepped up. Jesus, pray for us this morning. So praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I said we still have a few out there sick. Seems like there's a tummy bug kind of floating around top of the So, uh, be in prayer for those that are out. All right. Uh, with that being said, Wednesday night, of course, at 6 30. And I'll remind you, of course, on Tuesday that we will have our ladies' Bible study at 9 30 and then 6 30 p.m. and men's Bible study at 6 30 on Thursday. Any announcements I may have forgotten. Not praise the Lord. With that being said, uh, let's open with a word of prayer and have to be praised to say, Rise and welcome one another. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for coming to gather the house this morning. Bless us, touch us with your spirit. And I pray, Lord God, that you anoint us and use 
Make your way back to your seats. We'll go ahead and begin our worship service. If you have not got your Lord's Supper cup, you need to do so while you're up. I want to remind you that one of you of our Monday Night Eschatology Book Club. For those of you that are in that class, uh, you should be complete with your novel this week. And uh, we'll be continuing on with our potluck, and we'll be watching the movie Left Behind. So come and be a part of that Monday night at 6 o'clock. That being said, good luck.
good morning. Ball. 
made to kneel on a battlefield and so that your arms didn't get worn out when you swung it. In fact, most of them that issued the armies were only single-edged and they had to be made in a hurry. Later on, the technology advanced, they learned to make two-edged swords so that they could swing it back both ways instead of having to stop and turn. Two swords is the title of this morning's message. Now we know from the harmony of the gospel that Jesus and his disciples have left the upper room. Now, looking into that story, we know from the harmony of them putting all four of those gospels together, Jesus and his disciples left the upper room, and they're on their way to the garden of Gethsemane. There's lots of things happening here. A John leader, there's lots of discourses, there's lots of prayers, there's lots of talking going on, and Luke gives us just a little bit that perhaps John didn't include. What he gives us is this little conversation about, hey, when I sent you out, did you lack anything? Now you need to bring your money with you. Now you need to bring your knapsack with you. Now you need a sword. If I can respond in a way that I think is appropriate, they start looking around and say, who's got a sword? And just gently, I don't know about you, but only in a Baptist church would you pull somebody who's got a sword in you. You'd probably have someone raise their hand. Amen. The last church I pastored had more pistols in it than it did Bibles. True. True. They had their Bibles on their phones, but they had their pistols in their coat pocket. Amen. So if we were to say today's equivalent, go and get yourself a pistol.
come across something like this, that she was looking at the story and knocked his right tear off. One of the questions I would have had being an old law enforcement person is, where is that other story? Where is that other story? We knew there were two. Where did the other one go? Now, if she's a good dad, just like we threw it on the side of the road, so I'm like, hey, bring that with you. Amen. He just started that quick. If he was a good criminal, he got rid of that when the cop showed up, right? Then it come and get ready to arrest Jesus. You see that body like that, anyway. That was there when I got here. But let's look at Forbes this morning. Specifically, Jesus. One we know all about. Peter had it. The Bible tells us that Peter used it and Peter slipped from the He had a sword. He swung it with all of his might and he took somebody's ear off. You ever heard your mama say, you're going to poke somebody's eye out? You ain't never heard your mama say, you're going to cut somebody's ear off, have you? But here we have a picture in the Garden of Gethsemane, a picture where Jesus is praying, where Jesus is actually mourning. He's actually saying, Father, take this cup away from me. And then we got Peter stepping up saying, I'll save you. I'll save you. And he cut somebody's ear off. Right there. there you go. That might be more your personality. 
I promised somebody in the choir this morning, you may see James Earl Jones. There he is. Who's I am your father? Let's find that other sword, shall we? The Bible tells us something about swords, and we need to put that to work in our own life. Remember, Peter showed us one sword, but there's one sword that's hidden, and I want you to find that sword, and I want you to take it, and I want you to use it in your life. Let's find that other sword. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 13 tells us a little bit about swords. Look at me in verse 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And you have to, have to be able to stand. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, says the Apostle Paul, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, do you feel like everything is caving down on you right now? Do you feel like the world is on your shoulders? Do you feel like your marriage is falling apart? That you're losing your children? You're losing your job? Do you feel like you're losing everything? I want you to know that you need to stand up, put on the armor of God. And when that evil day is done, you're going to find yourself still standing. Amen? Be able to stand in that day. Stand, therefore, this is verse 14, having girded your waist with truth. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time going over the armor of God, but I want you to think about what Paul is saying. Stand, having girded yourself with truth. 2022 translation is put on the belt of truth, buddy. The belt of truth. How many of you know how important a belt is? Because if I didn't have a belt on this morning, my pants would fall down. Belts are important. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And incidentally, truth holds up everything. And if you get rid of truth, it's going to expose everything you try to hide. Somebody say amen. That's what we're talking about here. Stand there for having girded yourself with truth. Make sure that what's holding up around you is truth. Make sure it's not a lie. It's not mixed with lies. Make sure it's not gossip. Make sure it's anything. Anything. When you do that, the Bible says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate's job is to guard your heart, your liver, your spleen, your friends, your belongings. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Make sure what you're guarding those vital organs is righteousness, not unrighteousness. Because the devil's going to get a poke hole like you can imagine. Verse 15, having shod your feet in the preparation of the gospel of peace. 2022 translation again. Put on the boots of the gospel of peace. Learn how to walk on God's word. Learn how to walk on His promises, knowing that His word will never let you down. Knowing that His word will take you where you need to be. Knowing His word is something we can trust. We can take it to the bank. We can hang our hat on it. The world may be sinking down, but God's word is still floating. Why? Because this world will die away and pass away. But God's word endures. Make sure you're walking on His word and His promises and nothing else. Above all, taking that shield of faith off Above all, even above your righteousness, even above that belt of truth, even above that breastplate of righteousness, pick up the shield of faith. Say, what do you say? Just believe in God will do what God said He will do. Not believe in God will do something for you. It's believe in God will do what God said. 
that sword differently. He cut off Malchus's right ear. Are you hurting this morning? Here to use God's word to punish. Here to use God's word to scorn. Here to use God's word to drive a point home. Are you hurting somebody's ear? They're not healing you. You know why they're not healing you? Because they're laying on the ground screaming with their ears popping next to them. Pretty hard to listen to somebody. Somebody go like this. Have you ever used it to bash somebody instead of trying to get someone to the cross? I want to use it to prove I'm right. You know why? You have a false on too bad? You want to know why it's not going? Because God's word not being used the way it should be. If you're using it to cut ears off, and folks are going to say, I'm getting out of here. When we use God's word to accomplish what we think should happen, church, we end up with nobody listening. Am I preaching to the choir? I don't have a choir this morning. I'm going to be preaching to you. We cut people's ears off when we use God's word incorrectly. God uses the word. God uses the word. I wish I could take a look at how God uses it. We read in Hebrews 4 12, for the word of God is such a power. We also learned in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 that we are to pick up the story of the spirit of God's word.
was nothing but a chasm. Are you using God's word to create a relationship that turns into a fellowship, that turns into a new brother or a new sister in Jesus Christ? Amen. God uses the sword differently. You know what God uses the word else to do? He uses the sword. The Bible tells us to use the sword. Create a new sister. Look at me in John chapter 1. Again, look at me in 12, verses 12 to 14. But as many as received him, the Bible says, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, I'm going to give you an invitation this morning. Do you know my Jesus? Have you received him as Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about did you say a prayer. Have you put him in your heart? Have you set him up on high, on the throne in your life? Have you made him Lord and Savior? The Bible says that you will receive him. He gives you the right to become the children of God. God. Verse 13 says, Who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word that the sword came from dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the Bible says. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we perceive the news of his word that his sword came to use to create. Of all the things that hit, how do you hit his ears? There's a whole big old head, there's a foot, there's a belly, there's a chest, there's legs, there's arms, there's fingers. Why swing it out of the ear? Let me tell you why. Because when they use the word wrong, it's called foolishness. God will also, incidentally, so don't don't, don't, don't lose context on it. God will also use the word wrong. That's why right, he's judged. There is a thought going around today that says God will overlook everybody's sins wrong. God will judge sin wherever it's found. That's why you need to get saved. Because your sin is what's destroying you. Your sin is what's killing you. Your sin is what's keeping you from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to receive Jesus Christ. And you need to come on down the aisle and put Christ in your heart. God will also use that word to judge. Look at me in Revelation 19, verses 11 to 13. Now I saw heaven open, says John, and behold, a white horse. And he, notice he's capitalized, he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And we know who that is. That is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the anointed one, Jesus of Nazareth, the one who died on the cross for you. He is the Son of the God of Israel. He is the one who was promised to come. And church, he's the one who will return again. He is that Son of God. His eyes, the Bible tells us, were like a flame of fire. Look at me again in verse 11. He was sat on him called faithful to in righteousness. He judges and makes more. His eyes are like a flame of fire. In other words, he can see through everything. Remember the word of God's description in Hebrews 4, verse 12? It's quick. It's powerful. It goes down into your heart, and it can tell your intent and your thoughts, whether it's righteous or unrighteous, whether it's selfish or it's selfless, whether or not it's good or it's bad. And here we have his eyes like a flame looking deep into your heart. And incidentally, you can see right now. Bible says on his head were many crowns. Why? Because he's the Lord of Lords. Somebody shake their head sometimes. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. Nobody knew that name except himself. That is, in this 
can't talk about what I think we're doing to talk about this. It's amazing that no one knew but himself. Why? Why could anyone else know it? Well, I'm just going to look at it. Then, so much soon, that's what 
need repentance, you need regeneration, you need renewal, you need restoration, and when you come into Jesus Christ, you will find yourself in God's things. And then you need that Look at Luke 22. Back in Luke 22, let's look at verses 49 and 51. When those around him saw what was going to happen, this would be the disciples around Jesus, the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus showed up with a mob. Judas had kissed him. Remember that famous statement? Judas, the thou betrayest the Son of Man with a kiss. They said to him, Lord, that is not good to What do you think? What do you think? The Bible tells us one of the instructions of the verse 50, the high priest, the high priest, right here, we know John tells us. He tells John tells us to see the iron cutting to you off. I wonder what happened after those documents were written. Did John ever go up to Judas and say, Hold on, your buddy. I wonder if Peter ever walked in the bus. Why did you throw me into a box? You know what? You may be like a this morning. It might be a big cut off. I've been to a lot of churches. I'm just like you, both of you. Even my rear end been cut off for some of those people. I want you to know something about Jesus. Jesus uses his sword to heal. He uses his sword to save. He uses his sword to heal. Jesus answered with Luke 7151. Commit even this that Simon Peter is using. Commit this. Allow this to happen. Allow them to arrest me. Let them take me. The Bible says he touched his heel and healed. I came to bring a sword. You know why he says that? 
Word of God divides things. It divides sheep from goats. It divides right from wrong. It divides righteous from unrighteous. Save from unsaved.
Thank you.